You're on Energy Groove Radio. We are live around the world from energy-groove.com on TuneIn and iHeartRadio. My name's Brad. This is Arvos. Thank you very much for joining me. Now, Siberian Tiger are a South Australian-based act, um, and they've just dropped their debut EP called First Dance. Uh, I have Chris from the band joining me on the line now to unpack the EP. Chris, how are you? Good, Brad. How are you going? Great, great. Thanks for joining me. Um, tell me about First Dance. When did you first start forming this one? Because I understand that yourself and your partner are quite established musicians in your own right. So you've obviously got your own uh, sort of solo creative projects going on alongside this one. Yeah, we both do. Um, I don't think there was a particular date, you know, exactly where we decided to you know, combine creative forces and make something together. It just, it sort of fell into place a little bit with a bit of a nudge from Emma from Part-Time Records who, you know, she listened to some of the demos we had kicking around for both Timberwolf and Bree Tranter um, projects between the two of us. And Emma said, well, you know, I really like these. So it would be a, a crime not to not to see it in release because they were going to go by the wayside. And so she said, well, why don't you and Bree just combine and we'll sign you and, and release it and help get the music out into the world. And so I guess at that point we, that was just a you know, beer down at the pub with Emma. And then <laughs> next thing we knew, Bree and I were going to do a, a project together. So yeah, I, I don't really know. It's sort of, it seems <laughs> quite relaxed, the whole thing. Sounds very organic and quintessentially Australian, just having a beer over the at the pub and <laughs> sorting that, out your... Australian, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so how did you go about forming these tracks? Were these just the tracks that you had, um, I guess, amassed over time or was there a deliberate decision to choose these tracks to sit alongside each other? Uh, they, they had already been there for quite some time between Bree and I, but the interesting thing that we found at least was, you know, if Bree, like a song that Bree would write... Um, you know, with the intention of being for Brie, would be different to what I would write for myself. So although we had them for some time, and in some cases some of them were already half recorded, when we had to um, you know, reimagine the songs and work each other into each of the songs, that was quite an interesting process. It kind of felt like you were starting from scratch with all of them again because the you can't just, it's not like building a fence, you know, you can't just put the foundation down and go, right, it's time for the pillars, it's time for the poles. It just doesn't, you know, you, it's more like oil in water. So something that I would have done for mine when I want to put Bree's vocal in it or vice versa, you, you sort of find that the whole song shifts around that. So we we, we had a lot of fun um, reworking the songs to become duo songs as opposed to just these solo tunes that someone would feature on. Mm. Um, and that was that was really fun, you know. It took us quite a while. Yeah, I guess creatively, um, you guys aren't strangers to writing your own music, and I'm sure you share, you know, music that you guys have created with each other all the time and bounce off ideas. But was this creative process different to how you would normally work otherwise? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was for me. Um, I can't speak for Bree, but for me, it was really different because with the the solo project, you know, it's either uh, it's kind of all on you, you know, and yeah. in that sense, writing music takes me a lot longer if I was going to do it on my own. And it's a little bit more of a lonely process, I think. And, and the other flip side to that is when you're playing the role of a session musician in someone else's band, which Bree and I do a lot of together, mm. that, that's sort of, you're just trying to be the most efficient cog in the machine that you can. And they're both completely paradoxical. So I think somewhere in the middle was really interesting where 
Brie, who's used to writing for herself, and me, who's used to writing for myself, we sort of found that it's quite nice to be sitting in the room with someone whose taste you obviously trust and, and know very well because you've played together for so long. And you, you find yourself skipping through these decisions with <laughs> real pace and ease compared to when you do it on your own. You know, if you're sitting there with Brie, it's easy to go, hey, did you like that? And she'll go, yep. And so the next thing you know, you're just on to the next part of the song. Or even, you know, we've got a funny little... Um, I don't know, quirk to the way we write. Like if I'm in the, the studio and Bree's in, in her bedroom or the kitchen, you could, you know, because we live together, it's pretty funny. I can be playing something and she can yell across the house and go, that's good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, a, a lot of it is just born out of so much time spent together. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine just how efficient you two must be at writing songs now that you guys have obviously done this project together now. But, um, you know, certainly I think the the pandemic probably forced you to to spend more time together, didn't it? Yeah, it did. We we, we do spend a lot of time together anyway, though, so I don't think it, it changed all that much. You know, we play, Brie plays Keith and Timberwolf, I play yeah. guitar for Brie, we both play in the same session bands outside those two projects. And so quite a lot of the time we spend this much time together anyway. But mm. the pandemic was was good on one hand in in the sense that when I say was, that it is, it's an is, it's still going very much so. So I think the, you know, we'd already written the songs and recorded a lot of them before this sort of forced time off. Um, so the, it was good to mix the EP through this time. You know, that's a quite a strenuous strenuous process and so I think that was good but because we'd never played them live together and there's such a new project it was really good to have the time to have the songs finished and just sit and rehearse them and play them and try and understand what they actually are in real life not just sound recordings Mm. Um, so that was really nice to have a bit of forced downtime to do that with each other whereas otherwise I think we'd be tempted to go and book other gigs and do different jobs and sort of race out the house but yeah that was a good thing. Um, obviously, this EP was probably in creation well before the pandemic was an actual thing, but I quite like how the EP uh, in its messaging, from what I'm getting anyway, is is reflecting on the simpler things in life and having that appreciation for those around you. Um, it was quite timely, I suppose, to have the EP released during this time because it's kind of a message that we all need. Oh, yeah, that's... It's crazy you bring that up. Bree and I were talking about it um, yesterday in the morning. We can't really believe that some of these songs are probably more relevant now than they were when we wrote them, or more applicable as a sign of the times. You know, what we've got Water the Plants, and that's about depression, essentially, and, mm. and little wins to try and help you spruce up your day by appreciating simple things. And it's a similar message for plane spotting, and Call on Me is literally about people you can't even if you're not physically near them that they're always going to be there for you and a lot a lot of these uh you know the messages in the songs have become a bit confrontingly real in the last month and especially with on on the mental health front for musicians and people who've lost their jobs and they're trying to find meaning and ways to stay happy and connect with each other yeah, it's really bizarre how um, big world events like this can really put songs into their own kind of perspective or, or relevance. I'm not sure whether that's uh, something that is supposed to happen or whether it's um, mm. just 
a coincidence um, at the time, but um, I find it really interesting because um, there's a lot of artists that have tracks that are coming out now that I'm speaking with where they've written them years ago, but they just seem more and more relevant now. I, I just find that really interesting. So do I. I. It's something you certainly can't predict into the future, but it does have a bit of a, um, a goosebumps yeah. kind of creepy fortune telling <laughs> element to it, I think, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It does. Um, so Call On Me is the second single that you dropped from the EP and you've got a delightful little music video alongside it. That was recorded uh, in a beachside RSL. Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah, it's the Henley Sailing Club. Ooh. Um, tell us about the music video. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that was one of um, Bree's brainchilds with Nick McKinley who did the clip and I was having so much fun just sort of rocking around all day watching people dance. Yeah. The, um, it was really beautiful because there, where we live by the beach, there's a, a running strip along the Esplanade that lasts for a few kilometres. And on Sunday nights I was running and sometimes Priya and I, whether I was running or we drive down to the beach, you could see this big sailing club building with these massive glass windows. And there was this beautiful purple light pouring out onto the onto the scrub just before the sand and it reminded us a lot of the lights that we're used to at gigs you know and so mm. we and I thought I wonder what that is and we looked into it and we found out that the Southern Cross Tango group danced there on Sunday nights or sort of once monthly and we thought oh shit that's beautiful we'd like to go watch and then yeah, it sort of just developed for Brie into the idea of, well why don't we sort of just film them dancing because they're so they're so elegant and, and graceful in the way they do it. Um, and then Nick just took that and he's got such a way of capturing and framing the things that you're looking at and, and revealing them to you in a way that you just, it's like you weren't even there, you know. And I really, I really love the way those two put it together. Yeah, it's a beautiful video clip. So congratulations on it. Um, and I love the very kind of casual tinsel decorations and everything. It's all it's all very modest, but these dancers are just extraordinary. It's pretty perfectly daggy, isn't it? They, yeah. they, I think we're the daggy parts in the film clip, <laughs> and they just shine super bright. We, um, <laughs> we, we, we were playing the song, and we... Actually, we're going to get them to dance to just some of the normal tango pieces that they're used to. And then we played the song and they said, actually, no, this is perfect. So we actually performed the song, you know, maybe 20 times through wow. the course of the day. But, um, yeah, I think the thing that Brie and I loved about the clip in retrospect was Call On Me is not necessarily a romantic song. You know, it's just about your your favourite person and your, the person that you can always count on. And a lot of the time that's just your bestie. Um and we, we kind of learned throughout the day that these dancers, a lot of them aren't romantically involved and they're just mates that get together and work in such balance with each other and and complete harmony with each other. And I, I love that because it sort of reminds me of how it feels to have one of those really deep friendships with somebody. Yeah, I mean, I was just uh, looking at the video clip earlier and you can see that some of the dancers there, they look really connected to each other. Um, yeah. Like I... Yeah, I don't know how you dance and look so connected and so natural while you're doing it. I mean, when I ever attempt to do a dance, it's um, always a very awkward affair. 
Oh, so so is mine. Mine's just a drunk affair. So I don't, yeah, I'm not really sure how they get away with it. <laughs> I love it. And I love the guy at the end who's buffing the floor while you two are dancing. It's, it's very Yeah, that's neat. That's neat. Oh, is it? In the clip. Yeah. <laughs> just cleaning up after the filming, I'm sure. Um, yeah, we felt very naughty using the floor buffer because no one else was there, but um, I'm glad we did. <laughs> um, tell me, you, got, you were mentioning before that you were practicing a lot um, and you're gearing up to perform these these tracks live is that um foreseeable in the near future in south australia i'm not up to speed with um how your your regulations are at the moment during covid we we do have some gigs going they're seated and they're limited capacity gigs and okay. obviously at a minimum one and a half meters i think so yeah we're so lucky here um that we have had some work to be able to keep playing and also, we the rehearsals are for the streams as well. You know, we like to, to play on Zoom or play on um, Facebook or Instagram Live. So mm-hmm. I think that that's been nice, just to, to realign a little bit of purpose and make you as a reminder for what you actually do as a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but but South Australia has been kind. You know, I think we got on. We didn't have a large spike of numbers early with the virus, and so the venues have been able to trade a little bit through the time. Um, and so we have played a couple of shows. It's been, it's been really, really appreciated by us too. I just want to touch on the cover art of the EP. I'm just curious, uh, out of my own curiosity, where are those photos taken? Because there are photographs of yourself and Bray um, in front of what appears to be mountains and some sort of misty ocean situation. What's going on there? Yeah, that was an old volcano in Rotorua. Um, uh-huh. We went there for a friend's wedding to New Zealand and we just brought the film camera along and we could not believe how how much this place looked like a, a, the backdrop to Jurassic Park or yeah. something like that. And so <laughs> we snapped all these photos years ago. They, they might even be two years old now. And and we were just been waiting for the right, I don't know, place to put them. We always had a suspicion that they'd be a part of an album somewhere, but... And then that was long before we even became a, a duo project and, and they just fell right into place with the mood of some of the songs, I think. Yeah, well, they're beautiful shots um, and it looks like a beautiful location as well. I've not been to New Zealand. Um, is it in New Zealand, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, yeah Rotorua yeah. in New Rotorua, Zealand. Yeah. There, it's truly amazing. That was mm. the, the air's different there and it's so breathtaking and we could have spent days just walking around those the nature parks there. Now, tell me what is next for you guys. Are you still going to be, I guess, uh, touring the EP if you can um, at some point? Hopefully. I think the second we're allowed to tour it, we're going to do that. Um, cool. Because, yeah, there's, it's so nice to, I think I can speak on Bree's behalf as well, to have a, um, a duo to put together. Because when you do your own project, you know, pulling the band together and and trying to find the time for rehearsal for four or five different people gets really tough and it's quite expensive to travel interstate. So sure. when when it's just you and your partner, it's a really compact way to play a really satisfying show. And so on that level, Bree and I can't wait to actually go and, and play and hang out with some friends. And But, you know, who knows when that'll be. But um, yeah, we'll keep doing streams and we, we've just filmed a few a few songs live as well. So they'll come out in a few weeks. Oh, great. Yeah, cool. So obviously we can check those out across socials. Yeah, we hope you do. Um, I'm just curious in regards to how you two met, because it seems that you have not only obviously great personal connection, but you can work really well together. Um, 
for those of us who are in more traditional relationships, who probably after lockdown can't stand the sight of each other, uh, tell us how you do it. Oh, you, you have to wear many hats. <laughs> the, there are times where, you know, we, we would be overseas on a tour bus together and nobody else has their partner there and obviously you two are there. So you do have to learn how to draw some arbitrary lines in the sand just for the, the sake of the, the group that you're with at the time and you've got to know when to, to turn on the, the part of the day that can be your couple time and the vulnerable time and... I think without communication, it would all just turn to shit because so much of it relies on, you know, now we're talking work and now we're talking um, business and now we're talking <laughs> relationship and now we're talking that. So that's, that's no easy thing. Um, and I think we, we've just become accustomed to working alongside each other through music. But you asked how we met and that was through a session gig. So I was doing a, um, I had an upcoming Timberwolf slot at, uh, the Woodford Folk Festival, mm-hmm. and I really, really wanted Brie to play. And so she came to watch me and my drummer do a duo gig in um, at Beach Road and Bondi, and she said, yeah, I'll come play. And then we started writing some songs. or I think she started singing on, on some of my demos, and then we just became mates that played with music with each other for some time to come. And, yeah, and the rest is history, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, and ever since we're just becoming more and more entangled in each other's music lives for worse or better. <laughs> yeah. I think it's for the better because we get nice little EPs like this from you. So as a listener, uh, I think we're pretty happy. Um, Chris from Siberian Tiger, congratulations on First Dance. It's a cracker of an EP and I can't wait to hear more from you. Thanks so much, Brad, for your time.